I'm proud to say that I have an advanced master gardener certification in organic home scale fruit and nut production, but the sad truth is that right now I don't have any nuts. So um, maybe we can address that. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of June 6, 2013. I know after we've been talking for a couple of years now about our plans to plant pecan trees, finally, we're beginning to to act on it and it's kind of fun to think about the future it is fun we've had a lot of fun with our uh, dreaming and scheming and planning and choosing varieties and so forth Uh, all of that will come to uh, a very real beginning well I guess it does it begins now with our clearing the land for pecans and we're, we're hoping to be in a position to plant this fall Um, I guess we need to begin by saying there's no way you could defend what we're proposing to do on economic grounds. Well, we're not planning to sell our pecans anyway. But if we we were viewing this as a financial investment, you're saying you don't think it would be a sound one, really. I'm confident it would not be a sound one. Um, Right now, the market price for pecans is very high. And it's being driven in large part by a huge increase in the demand from China. And what we are told is that the Chinese demand is not for any and all pecans. What they want are perfectly formed pecan halves that can be candied or flavored and sold in little plastic bags as a snack you buy almost anywhere. That's very popular over there right now, and more so than here. I mean, we like our, I guess, sugared pecans and that kind of thing, but it's big business over there. It's a huge business over there, and the demand is seemingly insatiable. So American producers here in the South are responding to it by planting many, many new pecan orchards. This is a big time to plant pecan orchards. Unfortunately, the lead time from planting to actual production is around 10 years. So, and and that goes for us as well. So we're planning to plant in late 2013, early 2014, and we're really looking at 10 years, plus or minus, by the time we have any fruit to show for it. And, and, you know, people might say we're being extremely optimistic about our lifespans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm trying to be. I, I'm trying to look at it that way, that this is for a long-term enjoyment and production. And our children and grandchildren hopefully will benefit, as well as whatever time we have left. So You bet. I'm and looking we forward can to. defend our planting pecans, not on the basis of plant, of economic advantage, but as part of our overall approach to subsistence. Pecans are a great source of protein. They're a great source of oil, fat. Um, they're tasty. 
uh, just very versatile. So um, we we think that it's easy for us to defend what we're doing. You just couldn't defend it on the basis of selling those pecans. And when you say it's a great part of um, the diet and that kind of thing, it's also uh, they're an important part of many recipes that I have because a lot of them are Southern recipes. And Southern cooks have, for as long as there's been a South, been using pecans in their many of the recipes. So, and for good I'm reason. Looking, I know. They're, they're just, much tastier than nuts that come from the North, like walnuts or... To us, um, anyway. It's a cultural thing. But. No, it's just it's just reality. Pecans <laughs> just taste better. I'm sorry. And and I'll have to say, one in one way, which I'm not a typical Southerner, I don't like pecan pie. So I won't be using my pecans to make pecan pie. I'm sorry. But um, I like just about anything else that has yeah, pecans in it. Yeah, there are lots of things we do love use, using pecans um, as part of. So we, we know exactly how to use them. It's just a question of, of getting the pecans available to us to use. Well, maybe we could talk a little bit about how we're approaching the idea of the pecan orchard. It's a tiny one, as is most everything we do here at Longleaf Breeze. Nothing we're doing is on a huge scale. So we're looking at somewhere around a dozen trees. If we can get a dozen trees to thrive, we should have plenty for ourselves and our family. Um, I think it'll be aesthetically pleasing because what we're planning to do is wrap it around the, I guess we'd say the eastern and southern Western part. and southern. Western, I'm, that's right. Western and southern uh, portions of Veg Hill and um, space them appropriately, of course, so that you might say, well, that's only 12 really tiny trees, but those hopefully are going to grow to be big trees and we need to have plenty of space for them. Exactly. And just a, a thought here about the, well, let's, I'll talk about this when we get to varieties, maybe. Yeah. Um, the advantages of doing it the way we're planning to do it are these. First, Veg Hill is close to where we live, so doing the pecan trees wrapped around Veg Hill allows us to have the pecans close to where we live. And if we've learned nothing else in our time here at Longleaf Breeze, we've learned how well it works for us to grow close to where we live. That's right. For all kinds of reasons. Being able to go out and check daily on the uh, the produce or, you know, the, the state of things out there. Uh, of course, when it's time to harvest the pecans and pick them up or deal with the drip irrigation system or any whatever it might be, being close is nice. And just wandering around on a daily base, a basis is invaluable for orchard health. Um, another advantage of it is that we already have drip irrigation in place close to where we're talking about growing these. And one of the very first things that the extension system says about growing pecans is you got to irrigate here in the south. And in particular, during the months of August and September, our friend Kathy mm -hmm. Brown, who is our guru when it comes to Yeah, pecans, she really is so knowledgeable. Says that you just almost cannot overwater a pecan tree in August and September because that's when they are really fattening up those nuts. Mm -hmm. And they need that water to drive that process. And if you cheat them of water, then you will pay the price in the 
and the quality of the crop. We are planning to plant the trees far enough away from Veg Hill so that we don't shade the vegetable production because we don't want, you know, we've got to have our six to eight hours of sun out there. On Veg Hill On Veg Hill, right. So we'll have enough space away from that that even when the, uh, we'll plant ahead, when we think about the full canopy of those adult trees, mature trees, we want to make sure they do not uh, cast a shadow on Veg Hill. And I have not paid, you know, I haven't pulled this out and refreshed myself on it, but when we were first starting to talk about pecans, I actually did a study on Google SketchUp with the Veg Hill beds in place and the pecans at their full height, uh, and I was estimating 60 feet or so, um, and satisfied myself that there would be very little shading of the Veg Hill growing because not only are they removed physically from Veg Hill, they also are planted downhill from Veg Hill. Right, it's a slope. I mean, that's why we call it Veg Hill. It it drops off and it is a a sort of a a knoll, if you want to call it that. Um, It's not a hill in proportion to where we live. It's actually a little bit lower, but it drops off from there and, and is sort of a knoll. So um, you'll have your trees with their um, downhill, uh, as you said, that will keep it from shading as much. And it should improve the drainage. I mean, the, the water yeah, will Drainage be, won't be an issue. Fertility, you know. as, is, as yeah. it always is, will be an issue for us. And we'll just have to enhance the fertility however we need to. Mm-hmm. And this may be one of those areas where we say we don't make all this statements. Um, we've, we've got some thinking to do, but we may actually end up using fertilizer on these pecan yeah. trees. We're just trying to figure all that well, out. And, right and ho- well, and I think we will use fertilizer. The question is, will it be um, an organic fertilizer? I mean, I was just reading this. Uh, I guess we get a newsletter every month from Koinonia Farms in Georgia. And they're going, as they call it, biological they're not using the word organic yet, but it's, and they talk about using compost tea and other practices. That's what they're transitioning to. And using a lot of livestock in their pecan yes, orchards. Yes, yes. And we hope to have chickens. So it could be we won't have to resort to inorganic fertilizers. Yeah, but that's right. Maybe and give it a chance. We're still trying to work all that out mm-hmm. now. Uh, what we know we will struggle with is deer damage. Uh, the deer love young, succulent pecan trees. So we will set up cages around those pecans, just like we did our young fruit trees before we had a deer fence in place. Yeah. And, of course, when the trees get really large and the point that which they can, the deer can't kill the tree, hopefully, um, we can remove those cages. But until then, we want to make sure they're protected. And we just learned this week when Patrick Cook, uh, bless his heart, came here to see us He's an extension agent whose specialty is wildlife and the Alabama extension system. And Patrick was able to tell us about a very serious problem with vole damage in pecan orchards. And he told us the story of a farmer here in Alabama who had a a fresh planting of 100 acres of pecans and simply as a result of vole damage, he lost 80% of his trees. Something like that just makes you sick. You think about that person, you feel for him. And, uh, but it, it, it made the point for us that, okay, I've already got voles out here. 
So we certainly don't want to give them something else to feast on in the exactly. form of our pecan trees. So the two things we are planning to do to help us with bowl damage are, one, to make sure we keep any mulch uh, several inches away from the trunk of the tree, and two, to make sure that we use grow tubes. These are plastic tubes that give the trunk of the tree a little bit of protection from wildlife and so forth, and they act as a little mini greenhouse to focus the growth of the tree upward and get it out quickly so that it's um, a little bit more resistant to vole damage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that will help with that situation. Um, and I suppose at some point when the trees get larger, you just take those grow tubes off, and do you go up a size to another grow tube? No. Or? Uh, once the once they gr outgrow the grow tube, you just cut the tube off, and they're on their own from okay. then on. And they should be okay, and that's one thing we know. Voles are probably not going to attack something with a large woody stem anyway when it gets to a certain size. That's right. Well, the next question we have struggled with is what varieties of pecan to plant. There's a big problem in the South, the big problem with pecans, is scab. It's a mm -hmm. fungus that grows on pecans. And all varieties of pecans that you're considering in the South, you have to look at their scab resistance as the first level of inquiry. Mm -hmm. We have chosen four varieties that are considered to have excellent or very good scab resistance. And they also are appropriate for low input orcharding where you're not planning to be spraying, you're not planning to shake the trees to reduce overbearing. And those four are Amling, Gafford, Excel, and Macmillan. That's Amling, Gafford, Excel, E-X-C-E-L, and Macmillan. And we've, we've reserved three each of those four varieties. Um, we will plant, we hope, in October or so, which should give those roots time to grow during the winter, and then they will be poised for some fast growth during the spring, we hope. Right. And, um, of course, you might think, oh, October's a ways away. It's June. What are you going to do in all that time? Well, uh, we have our work cut out for us before sure then. Do. Because it's a big job. That area that we're talking about planting in, not the best grammar, but um, that's right east and south of the Veg West Hill. West and south. West. Why do I keep saying east? <laughs> I think that a part of me wants to plant them in the east. I don't know why. No, that's west and south of Veg Hill. Um, is heavily covered with trees right now. Uh, not our necessarily our best specimen trees. I don't think we're giving up a whole lot no, in terms of the the. I, I will aesthetics. try to get those two long leaves I saw down quickly, so you will never know they were there. <gasps> oh, they're long leaves there. Oh no. Well, yeah, you're that that will make me sad. But other than that, you know, we we can clear that out, and and we must clear that out before we plant these trees. So. Um, will be, and, and actually you just started on that process, haven't you? I started that process yesterday, bush hogged and then took down some trashy hawthorn thingy that was <laughs> on the northwest corner of the of Veg Hill, and 
it was a bear. I'm just glad it's gone. It's gone now. Yeah, because it's it was very prickly, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, those are and not wood fun. mulch. You know, anytime you have a tree that whose branches are twisted and gnarled, it really fights you going through the mulcher. And I probably spent two hours, maybe two and a half hours, mulching that little tree. And I could have easily mulched all of uh, sweet gum or oak or hickory two or three times over in that time. And hopefully I'll be able to, to help you with some of that, too. Um, I'll have to be careful about poison ivy. I already have a little bit on my True. arm from some mulching we did earlier last week. But um, we do need to, to work on those things. Uh, there are, there's another advantage to our clearing these trees away from Veg Hill. Uh, we mentioned Patrick Cook's visit to us this past week, and we're so grateful that he could come because uh, the reason we called him to help us was that we have the critter damage out on Veg Hill. Uh, we were pretty convinced already that they were voles, We and, you know, we have no reason to believe there aren't some voles out there, but Patrick also was able to identify squirrels as a major problem that we and have. Crows. And crows. And says that our damage is not what he would call classic vole damage. Because it didn't wipe everything out. That's right. It, he says when it, when voles come through, it's kind of like what you talked about with the man with 80% of his pecan crop getting wiped out. That he said, if I would have gone out and there'd be nothing left. Well, clearly, they. it was almost like when I keep picturing one of those um, games where you bopped it, the little critter pops whack -a -mole. up. Whack-a-mole. <laughs> It's almost like a game of whack-a-mole, except it's no fun for me uh, because it the, you never know where the, you go out in the next day the plant's going to be simply a hole in the ground, uh, what's left of it. So, But it was much more random than the way he was Patrick was describing. Um, so if we have vole infestation, it may not be as bad as we thought. Uh, but the other bad news... I mean, that part, I guess, is good. The bad news is that it is very clear that we have squirrel damage. We've seen squirrels running around out there. Um, and But whether it's squirrel or vole, both of those kinds of critters, and, and uh, rabbits, too, for that matter. We know we've had rabbits getting in from time to time. They like to be in an undercover. Near, in other words, if you have woods or heavily um, covered areas where they can hide out that's near your veg, that's much more tempting for them to get in and do damage. If you've got a clearing around it where they'd have to be out in the open and potential uh, victim of a hawk or an owl or something, they're less likely to encroach. So this clearing on two sides of Veg Hill will be helpful for that. Exactly. And then we need to decide, that's a whole separate podcast, I guess, what to do about the other side, <laughs> the, the east, east side. side. Yeah. We are Right now we're leaving wooded. The reason we're not wrapping the pecans all the way around Veg Hill, by the way, is that the east is not downhill from Veg Hill the way the west and the south are. So we don't have that terrain working in our favor on the east the way we do on the west and it the south. It might potentially shade the exactly. Veg Hill. We yeah. could have a problem yeah. with shading. Yeah. So, but that's our plan, and we hope that uh, we'll make some progress even in the next week or so on some of our clearing. Uh, we will keep you posted about our pecans over the course of the year, and in the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. 
Our address is P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.